Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to welcome you into the community of the Village Church as we come today to worship the living God. As we continue to gather, let me share just a few bits of news with you. First of all, you may be in touch with us to express your prayer concerns or send other messages or to send in your financial support to the church through the addresses that are listed on your screen now. Next week is our traditional Village Fest weekend when we begin the uh, new program year in the life of the church. And of course, it will be somewhat different than it has been in past years. I'm happy to announce to you that we will resume worship on the campus of the church outside on the patio with one service at 10 o'clock next Sunday morning. You may register for that service and reserve your spot by going to the church website as early as Monday morning at seven o'clock so that we may plan on your presence with us. All of the normal protocols that we've become used to uh, will be observed for that service and we'll be sending you more information about all of that through our regular email channels. On the day before, on Saturday the 5th of September, we'll be having a Village Fest drive-through. Between 9 and 12, we invite you to drive on to the church campus to receive some special communion bread that's being baked for all of us, as well as some other special items to celebrate Village Fest. We encourage you as well to bring snack bars for our New Day Urban Ministry, and also uh, some books for first graders at Care House. The books are One Fish, Two Fish. If you're a child or a parent of a young child, you know about those books. Or if you don't want to go shopping for books, simply bring along a $10 donation and we'll purchase one for you. Many of our church groups will continue their ministries or restart their ministries in different ways early in September. Included among them will be our Sunday morning adult Bible class, which has been meeting throughout this season of the pandemic. Our weekday adult Bible studies that are led by the pastors will resume again. Choir rehearsals and other gatherings will resume. Our daily devotionals that are sent to you via email will start again on September 1st. Again, watch your email for more information about all of these different forms of ministry. I need to let you know that I am speaking to you today from the sanctuary of the First Presbyterian Church of Socorro, New Mexico, my home church. And I'll be sharing a bit more about that as we move on into worship together. But of course, we are here to worship God. So let's take just a few moments now to prepare our hearts, to prepare our minds, to prepare our very souls to come before the living God. And let's do that as we hear these words from the 19th Psalm. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. Friends, 
Let us worship God. Every part of God's world belongs to God. Far too often we have walked against God's ways and God's heart. And so we need to confess and to name those spaces and places in our lives, in our hearts, and in the world. For that gives joy and love to the Father's heart, to connect our lives to His. Let us join together in our prayer of confession. Gracious God, you have filled our lives with blessings, but our gratitude too often falls short. We are quick to complain about our many burdens, but slow to remember our riches. We are so overwhelmed by the stresses in our lives that even saying thank you seems too great an effort. Energize us with your good news, O God. Set our feet to dancing with the rhythms of your grace, that we may Rediscover our faith. Sing to us with the melody of your love, that we might throw off the burden of weariness and join with you in the music of praise. In Christ we pray. Amen. Friends, 
receive and believe and trust in the good news of God in Jesus Christ, that indeed God gives us a new song to sing and puts us to dancing in the freedom of his love. Because Jesus Christ has given his life for the life of the world in his life, death, and resurrection, know that you and I are so loved and free to love God and love one another. Thanks be to God. Alleluia and Amen. The peace of Jesus Christ be with you. Because God has given us peace with him and with one another, let us therefore share signs of God's love and peace with each other. I invite you to do so at this time. And likewise, extend that sign of peace and love with your neighbors and friends and family today, this week, and indeed every day. Amen.
When I'm standing on the mountain, I didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking through the valley, I know I am not alone. You're the God of the hills and valleys, hills and valleys, God of the hills and valleys, and I am not alone. You're the God of the hills, God of the valleys, God of the hills and valleys, and I am not alone. Good morning, children, and welcome to another kid's message. For this morning, you can see that I'm at the church in my office, and we are getting ready for all things fall. We're putting together our fall calendar and getting all of those details worked out. But before we get to all of those updates, I did just want to take a moment to acknowledge that we know a lot of you are already back to school or in the process of getting back to school. So just know that we are here as your church family, praying for you all and supporting you as you make this new transition back into school. Today, we want you all to be reminded of what's happening next weekend. Next weekend, starting Saturday, September 5th, we're gonna be here on the church campus celebrating Village Fest. Now, what does that mean for all of you children? From nine to 12, you can come by with your families and pick up an activity bag that will have the September Sunday School curriculum and a bunch of goodies inside. If you'd like to come by and just say hello, we would love to see your faces and hand you a bag. The following day, which is Sunday, September 6th, we'll be here on campus for a one church service here on the patio. If you're gonna be here with your families, please come see me and I will be able to hand you an activity bag that you can use during service. Our hope is that we will be able to see you all more and connect with you all in person and we're coming up with different ways that we can do that. So if you're able to be with us on Saturday or on Sunday, we hope to see you all next week. Talk to you soon, bye-bye. Good people of God, we get to join together wherever we are in our prayers of thanksgiving and petition. I will lead us in a pastoral prayer and then ask that you join me in the Lord's Prayer. Let us now come before God's grace and pray. God, our Father of all creation, Redeemer of all sinners through your Son, Jesus, and Sustainer of faith through your Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray. We praise you, God, that you have made us in your image to reflect your glory and bring more than glimpses of heaven to this earth. Humbly, we realize how much we need your presence, forgiveness, and encouragement, which abounds in you, holy God. Fill us anew with your spirit that our actions might bring us closer to you and bring others to you as well. We long to be peacemakers as your word instructs us to be. We falter, though, Lord. We falter so much. We need to let others know about our faith and our conversion to serve you in all things. God, have mercy. Change our hearts towards you alone and let us lift up in prayers our nation and all nations that you might reign in all things. Guide us back to the way of truth, truth in Christ alone, faith in Christ alone, and binding ourselves to you. Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Lebanon and Syria, especially in Beirut, as they continue to struggle with the aftermath of the explosion that rocked their city 
and left so much damage. We pray for them as they also continue to struggle with the COVID virus, as so many countries continue to do so. We thank you that our mission partners at Hope Unlimited in Brazil are still safe and healthy, but we pray for the entire country, especially the indigenous people who are suffering so badly from the virus. We pray for those in harm's way. Lord, as many of our schools in the U.S. have started, we ask for safety and health for all campuses. In the universities, we pray for wisdom and discernment of the students to make wise choices and stay focused on their work at hand. We pray for our local mission partners who serve children and youth, Urban Youth Collaborative, Care House, Young Life, and Urban Life as they continue to connect with students, discipling them and supporting them. Many that they are supporting not only with spiritual food, but with groceries and everyday needs during this pandemic. For students in virtual classes, Help them to focus, Lord. Support their parents. Be with those homeschooling their children. Support those who work with special needs and help us to reach out to all of our children and our church and mission partners where tutoring is needed. Let us all encourage our families. We acknowledge our greatest family is our family of God. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy, Lord. Comfort those who mourn. Comfort Marianne and Danielle and Marianne. Bring healing to Cheryl, Stella, Diana, Gail, Dick, and others lifted up to you in prayer. We gratefully pray with the guidance of your spirit and in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Holy God, word made flesh, let us come to this word open to being surprised. Silence our agendas, banish our assumptions, cast out our casual detachment, confound our expectations, clear the cobwebs from our ears, Penetrate the corners of our hearts with this word. We know that you can. We pray that you will. And we wait with great anticipation. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given the believers much encouragement, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was about to set sail for Syria when a plot was made against him by the Jews, and so he decided to return through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus, from Berea, by Aristarchus and Segundus from Thessalonica, by Gaius from Derby, and by Timothy as well as by Tychicus and Trophimus from Asia. They went ahead and were waiting for us in Troas. But we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we joined them in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and, bending over him, 
took him in his arms and said, do not be alarmed for his life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. The word of the Lord. Well, friends, here we are. It's the last Sunday in August. Summer, for all intents and purposes, is over. And we have reached, with today's sermon, the end of a series of messages that began way back at the beginning of June. A series of messages that have sought to speak to us about life in the time of coronavirus. Now, I don't expect any one of you to remember everything that we've talked about. In fact, I had to go back through my own notes to review some of the essential messages that we've learned as we have read through parts of the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the story of the very earliest church. What have we seen in that story? Well, many different things. We've seen that there is good news in the world, good news about God's love for the world, God's forgiveness of our sin, God's call for us as we follow Jesus to learn to live in the present reality of the kingdom of God. We still have good news to share, no matter what else is going on in the world. We've learned that sometimes we have to change direction. We have to pivot. We have to go in ways that we did not expect to go. We've learned that we need to take care of each other along the way. We have to be willing to give so that others can have things that they need. We sometimes even have to be willing to give the ultimate sacrifice of our lives, as Stephen did. Not many of us are called to that, but we are all called to learn new things, to learn old truths in new ways for life today. We've learned that we have the opportunity to take the challenging and tragic and difficult times of life and allow God to work even through those and transform those things into good and helpful times. Well, today we end our series of thinking about life in the time of coronavirus, and we end, by my choice, with a passage that at first glance does not seem to say very much at all, but in fact, I think it says a lot. Let's dig deeper into the passage that was just read for us. In that passage, we see at first that, that Paul and some of his ministry associates are traveling together. They've gone from Ephesus to Macedonia to Greece. Then they were planning to go to Syria, but, but something changed their minds. Their, their lives were interrupted, you might say. And so instead of going directly to Syria, they go back to Macedonia and then to, Philipp, to, to Philippi and then on to Troas. You know, life is full of interruptions. Or as someone has said, life is what happens while you're making other plans. Well, there's one lesson for us right there. That God was at work in the lives of those folks, 
in the ups and downs, in the comings and goings, in the plans and in the interrupted plans of life. We should not be surprised that life often does not go the way we have planned for it to go or that we think it should go. And we also should not be thrown for a loop. We shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be distressed when life doesn't go the way we want it to. Yes, bad things happen. But in all things, God can be still at work and God is still at work. So in this season now where we have sort of gotten used to a new way of doing things, let's not be surprised when something surprising happens. That's the way human life is. Now, Paul and his companions are going here, going there, sometimes according to plan, sometimes not. And it's easy for us to skip over that simple fact that Paul had traveling companions. Who were they? Well, for modern-day Christians, we don't like to meet those new companions because we don't like to be faced with the challenge of saying their names. Ask anybody who reads Scripture, and when they come to a place where they have to speak unfamiliar names, they worry about it, they stress about it. Sopater and Secundus and Gaius and Tychicus and Trophimus. We don't know how to say those names, and maybe I said them all wrong. But let's leave that aside for a moment. These were real people. Men, most certainly. That's who would have traveled with Paul. Have you ever wondered who they really were? Some were married, perhaps, left a wife and kids back at home. Some, perhaps not. They all were traveling with Paul for at least one reason, we think. And that is because Paul had collected a large offering of money, cash money, we would say. He was taking it back to Jerusalem because the Christian church in Jerusalem was suffering terribly. We still do that today, don't we? We collect offerings from those who are blessed with abundance or those who are willing to give and take them to other places where there's perhaps a greater need. These men were people from some of the churches that Paul had founded, some of the churches that Paul had visited. They were traveling with him, in some sense, to provide some security, but also to provide companionship, and also, I think, so that they could go and meet the Christians who were in Jerusalem. There is something that strengthens our faith and that broadens our vision and that nurtures our own fellowship with Jesus when we meet other people in different places who are doing the same thing. These men proved to us something that God's people had always known, but something that we sometimes seem to forget. They proved that Christianity is not a solo performance. Following Jesus is not something you do alone in the solitary confines of your mind. If you follow Jesus Christ, you are necessarily automatically involved in the lives of other people. Christianity is a group thing because we need other people to encourage and support us. We need other people to teach us. We need the community of others to help us stay on that pathway of following Jesus. 
Sopater and Trophimus and Gaius and the others were friends with Paul in the journey to Jerusalem and in the journey of following Jesus. And so in the ups and downs and comings and goings of life, they were experiencing what it meant to be a community of believers. They were learning more about life in the light of God's love and God's plan for their lives. Let's keep going with the story, though. Let's come to a person about whom I have never preached before. I want to talk about Eutychus. Now, I doubt that many of you actually have his name on the tip of your tongues. If you ask people who go to church, they will say, who do you know from the Bible? They'll say, well, of course, we know Jesus and Mary and Joseph and James and John and, and all kinds of other characters. But very few people mention Eutychus, especially as a hero of the faith. Well, why is that? That's because Eutychus was your everyday average garden variety sort of guy who fell asleep during a sermon. Now, if you are watching this video worship service, listening to this message, and there is another person in the room with you right now who might have fallen asleep, you have my permission to turn to the side and poke them in the ribs or throw a glass of cold water on them or just shake them a little bit so that they wake up and hear about someone exactly like them, someone who fell asleep in a sermon. Now, how would you like to be Eutychus? How would you like to be known to all of history as the person who fell asleep during a sermon of what is arguably one of the most famous preachers of all time, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote a whole lot of the New Testament, the guy who took the Christian message to the known world in his time. How could you fall asleep during one of his sermons? Well, it's simple. Luke tells us Paul preached a long, long time into the late hours of the night and even into the wee hours of the morning. And there was poor Eutychus, a young man, maybe a teenager. Maybe he'd been out too late the night before. Maybe he simply couldn't pay attention for more than five or ten minutes. Eutychus was sitting in the window of the room, an upper room, we're told maybe three floors above. And during that long sermon, it probably got hot in the room. It got stuffy. Eutychus was tired of hearing the message and he fell asleep and he fell out of the window. Now, we're told that when he fell, of course, everybody went to recover him and some perhaps thought that he was dead. It's, it's kind of hard to tell from Luke's words, actually, whether Eutychus was actually dead and Paul brought him back to life or whether Eutychus was just stunned and knocked unconscious, perhaps we don't need to focus on that part of the story because I want us not to miss the message of Eutychus. There's some humor here. If Hollywood were making this movie, don't you think they'd make a big deal out of this guy listening to this long, boring preacher? This guy who fell out the window and died and came back to life? Of course. There's humor in the Bible and there's some of it right here in the person of Eutychus. 
Now, there's a lesson in his life, I'm sure perhaps many of them. But here's the one that I take from it today. And that is that no matter whether something tragic happens or something comic, God is in all of it. God is there with us. Eutychus reminds us that it's average, ordinary, everyday people who follow Jesus. And that sometimes we fall asleep. And sometimes we simply fall. And yet there you have it. A, a group full of people, a place where the, uh, the gospel is being preached and, and theology is being discussed just like we're doing today. And sometimes we fall asleep. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes we fail but we keep going. You know, three months ago, when we started this series of sermons, as June was beginning, we were all focused on the pandemic. And then suddenly our thoughts were turned to racism and racial justice, a serious problem. But now our thoughts are not just pandemic, not just racial issues. We're all thinking about a presidential election or perhaps trying not to, who knows? We've also been thinking about fires in California explosions in Beirut, and now hurricanes in the Gulf Coast. All along the way, though, all throughout life this year and all the years before, God has been with us. And not just God himself, but God in the people who walk along this journey with us. Have you ever thought about that fact? That your faith and mine has been nurtured and encouraged and fed by other people. I'm preaching to you from the pulpit of my home church. And home means a lot to me. It was in this sanctuary that I was baptized as a six-week-old infant. It was in this sanctuary that I was confirmed as a 12-year-old, very young adult. My father served this church as an elder for over 50 years and served on five pastor nominating committees. My mother still serves as a deacon. My brother now serves as an elder. It was in this church standing in this very spot that I was ordained to the ministry of word and sacrament over 38 years ago. I am looking out right now at what some people might call an empty sanctuary. There's nobody sitting in the pews, but I see people sitting there. I still see the people who were part of my early Christian life. People like Cliff and Ruth and John and Nona and Marge and George and Regina and Melissa and Ronnie and Wayne and Margie and Jim. Many of those people have gone to be with the Lord now. All are scattered to other places in the world if they're still alive. But they're still part of my history and not just my history, but my history with God part of my walk with Jesus. 
I can tell you sad stories about the lives of those people and so many more. I can tell you funny stories, even stories about when people might fall asleep during a sermon. That's a sacred thing. It's a sacred thing to stand here and speak to you about something that is true of all Christian faith. That we share that faith with other people. That we share that life with other people. The funny times, the crazy times, the confusing times, the weird times, the tragic times, the heartbreaking times. Through all of those times, through all of those people, God is speaking. God is moving. God is teaching and encouraging God is wrapping his arms around us in the mysterious power of his spirit. Jesus still is with us, especially in the lives and the love of those who are with us. So let me ask you this question. Who is in your life right now that is part of God's plan to provide for you? Who is in your life in the past who from the memories that you have and the lessons you learned, you are still being encouraged in your walk of faith? Who might be in your life in the future to bring you some new insight into how it is that you can follow Jesus? Or perhaps who might bring to you a a word of strength or encouragement or joy to keep you going? Who is it that is walking with you and living with you and crying and laughing with you right now in your life with Jesus? You know, if you are in a fellowship of Christian believers, you are one of those people for someone else. Just as sacred in this whole process, this whole plan of God, to help us learn who God is and to walk in his pathways of righteousness as we walk with others. Whether we're in the midst of a pandemic or a crash of the stock market or fighting some terrible social evil or whether we're in the midst of of an upturn in the economy where life is hunky-dory, no matter, in all of those times, We walk the life with Jesus with others. It's a sacred and holy thing to have others in our lives. God speaks through all of those times and through all of those people. So friends, be assured, be absolutely confident of this, that God has not left you alone. God still is with us. God still is speaking through the gentle voice and encouragement of others. God speaks in the crazy and wild times. God speaks in the sad and terrible times. I have lived through those kinds of times, and so have you. I'm reminded of those times and especially reminded of those people. When I stand in a place that has meant something to me, for my whole life. This pulpit from which I'm preaching to you right now, my father built for this church over 50 years ago. 
50 years is not long in the history of the church. That's a long time in my history, perhaps a long time in yours. Regardless of what we're facing right now, whatever crisis of politics or society or pandemic or weather, regardless of the crisis, you and I have a solid faith in a solid God. You and I have a faith that teaches us from the very beginning and all the way to the very end that God always has loved us and always will. Be assured and confident of that today. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jack, for bringing us the word this morning. Let us all join together now as we affirm our faith from Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Friends, some of you may be watching this video all by yourselves. If you are, I want you, once you've finished with this, to pick up the phone or write a text or an email to someone who's been important to you in your life. If you're with someone watching this video, turn to each other and say, thank you for being in my life. Thank you for helping me learn something and know something about God's love. Thank you for teaching me about Jesus. 
Maybe you don't have anybody like that in your life. If you don't, write to me, and we'll find ways to make sure that you get to meet some of those folks. No matter what situation you find yourself in, though, remember this. God is with you in the happy times, the funny times, the sad times, and the tragic times. In all of those times, you still can know the love and power of God in your life. Trust in that truth today and always. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Amen.